Looking for work? Better pay? Better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome to the drive. I'm your host today, Dave Skull. There is no Mark Ennis. Mark Ennis is at a Rebecca Black concert today. He cannot make it. <laughs> Sorry to everybody who's expecting to hear his dulcet tones. I am joined by my good friend Tyler Griever. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's Friday and just did some shopping earlier. It's and Friday, there it is. Wow, I didn't think we had that queued up. Oh, yeah. I had no idea we had Avery that and I had up. a talk today, and I said, look, this is not... Like I love Mark. This is not Mark Ennis's drive today. We don't. We were not going to uh, get angry at Rebecca Black. We were going to embrace oh, okay. the Friday drop. I was not briefed on this. Yeah, no. We we drop. We use that drop every Friday. But Mark, it's the bane of Mark's existence. He, he hates, hates that it? song. He hates it. I love it. Yeah, we got to play that as many times as possible today. Thank though. you. Well, you can we- do that on a Friday. <laughs> Right. We, we literally go to drive away anybody who wants to maybe <laughs> listen to the radio today. No, today is all about Rebecca Black and pocket potatoes. Okay, that is pocket that potatoes? is our day. Do you not know oh, anything mean, about this, this? Does this go off of the Chiefs woman who had the baked potato at the game? Well, when that happened, I told a story that you have. Have you had a pocket potato before? Well, yeah, regularly. Like when I was a server at Outback Steakhouse. I kept a potato. I would often have a baked potato in my pocket for a little energy boost during the shift. Are you serious? Yes. I've never heard of this before in my life. Yes. Is this a common thing? Who cares? I'm I'm not not judging you for it. I'm just asking. I'm an uncommon genius, Tyler. No, I don't think it is. Uh, I was going to say, I didn't know Um, if this was like a secret of that line of work it's a secret to biscuit success it's not (laughs) or just like a secret among no just even a secret amongst people who like work in restaurants i understand what you're saying you know i don't think that there were that many people that kept a pocket potato that kept that thing on them okay put it on the poll who is who has used a pocket potato (laughs) every time like it's funny every time that we like the pocket potato has just become a thing and people just text in randomly about it so the fact that we brought it up the beginning of the show it probably means that this entire show actually is going to be about pocket potatoes 8150939 is the phone number Uh, we'll be pretty wide open today we're going to do stump the gas bag at 430 uh, all right. Uh, according to Avery's eyes, we may not be doing stump the gas bag at 4:30. That is our normal Friday routine. 
We'll see if Avery wants to throw together some questions in the next hour and a half. Uh, that is a fluid situation. Thirty-eight, thirty-one, ninety-three-nine is the UPS Jobs text line. Um, if you want to text into the show, we got lots of stuff to talk about today, guys. We talked, or Mark talked Tyler's ear off yesterday about the the Ravens quarterback situation, otherwise known as our beloved son Lamar Jackson. Um, we might touch on that again a little bit today. Maybe come at it from a different angle. Don't want to spend like three hours of the show today. We have plenty of stuff to do. Um, but we might re- address that situation again. Louisville Hoops, we've got a road game for the men. Georgia Tech tomorrow. Maybe talk a little bit about the rest of the season and how that plays out. And, of course, the women are at a serious, uh, very, very important part of the season to them between yep. the big Miami win last night and the season finale against the strong Notre Dame team on Sunday. Yeah, and, and uh, just starting with the women since they did win last yeah. night. Yeah, we can get into that. I I, I tweeted this, and I, I wouldn't say something like this unless I actually, you know, believed it i'm not just well you're you're a known liar <laughs> just a like, filthy filthy I, liar i'm about just putting it out for the sake of putting it out but <laughs> but i honestly feel that that team is is right at the cusp of like really rounding into form i feel like they're right on the edge of it if not quite already there and i think winning on sunday would be a nice message to send out like hey we're we might be ready to make a little bit of a run now i don't say a run is in like a final four run i still think that's something that you would have to take another step for but to be the team that is going to fall in that like anywhere from five to eight nine on the seed line and say hey i still don't think i want to play louisville in those early rounds, like if you're a higher seed, and and honestly, there might be people who already feel that way because I think they do, like because really. the, of the talent on the roster and the the success Jeff has had, yeah, the, in the pedigree tournament. of the coach, yeah. like I, so they probably already have that status. I think you're right, but driving home how dangerous they really could be, I think beating Notre Dame and making some noise in the ACC tournament would help do that as well. For sure, um, I mean it. it We've had this discussion before. This team has felt like they've been on the brink for months, yeah, for weeks at least. You know, like they've been on the edge, on the on the the precipice of of beating some of these these top tier teams, and they're twelve and five in the ACC, and they're set up right now. They're in line for a for a first round bye. Yeah, they take care of Notre Which Dame. Which is important. It's a very important. very important. A first round bye in the ACC, or actually a double bye in the ACC, not a first round bye. Yeah. Um, Miami's a good team. That was a good win last night. And obviously they were went to overtime with Notre Dame last time. Like this, this is a team that Charlie Cream I think had on the seven line before last night. Uh, Miami is a tournament team as of right now, so they're hovering around the six seven line in the tournament. If they beat Notre Dame, they could probably be a five seed. And if they make a run in the ACC tournament, if they knock off a couple more tournament teams, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could even push into hosting. The first weekend, which we haven't been in that mentality this season, 
But if they make a run and, and win the ACC tournament, I mean, that's that's a lot of quality wins that they would chalk up between now and then, and they could possibly push to that four line. Yeah, you look at the ACC standings right now, and Louisville is tied with Florida State at 12-5 and five, uh, within the conference. Uh, they do have a, a tiebreaker over Florida State, so that's why they're in fourth. Um, but, I mean, your top three teams in the ACC, Duke's 14-3, and three, Notre Dame's 14-3, and three, Virginia Tech's 13-4. Uh, just the overall records look better for yeah. them than Louisville has. But you go back and like Louisville has played all three of those teams and those are three losses. But you go back and watch the games and it, I think they very easily could have swung the other way. Notre Dame and Virginia Tech came down to last second shots. Last possession. Yeah, I mean, yeah. those were battles. Like Duke, yeah, I think that Duke won that game at Cameron, but I, I didn't watch that game and think, wow, Duke is like leagues better than, than Louisville. No, it was three quarters of, of really close basketball. Three and, and Duke just won by seven. You know, they pulled away at the end, but it was it was a good game. It was a hard fought game. Um especially the Virginia Tech and the and the Notre Dame games. They were there for the taking. Uh, you know, you think that this this team doesn't have that weight around their neck of the Wake Forest loss and they probably have you even think differently of them there. You know what I mean? I, I and, really think that's the last game that they that you could point at and say that was a poor performance. Yeah, I agree. Like that they didn't play well. Uh, ever since that, I mean, even me and you, when we did the post game show after Notre Dame, like we pointed out a few things that could have been better, but I think we even admitted on the air there that that was really nitpicking yeah. that game. But I, I seriously believe ever since that Wake Forest loss, and obviously they make the lineup change and that has something to do with it, there seems to be a better understanding as a whole of what everybody's role is and should be. And I say that while also recognizing that I don't even think they're like all the pieces aren't hitting quite yet. Like I don't think Olivia Cochran's playing her best basketball right now, and she, I think it's there. I think she can do it. I think she has to finish around the rim a little bit better. That's the big hole, and it has been all yeah. season because I think she's playing hard and playing good defense and rebounding well, and she's intense yes, for sure. But it's like a mental block. I, I was on that that end of the court where she missed the two finishes in a row you know on the north end zone and and jeff satter right after that and kind of gave her some cool down period but her and liz play really well together against big teams like last night miami's a big squad basketball right now they're a big squad and liz and olivia have really good chemistry under there especially on the defensive end and liz had a phenomenal game last night she's really rounding in the form at the right time 13 points and 10 rebounds and she really controlled the paint for the most part it's a big miami team i think liz finishes around the rim and is a better scorer than Olivia is because she has a more consistent jump shot from mid-range. Like yeah. If you give her a little bit of space, 15 feet, she can hit that. But I think Olivia is a more physical player and a better defender. She gets Liz frustrated. Is. I agree. She gets frustrated because she hits the court as much as Mikasa does. Like The two of them, oh, I think, yeah, hit it 10 or 11 times between yes. them last night. And she rarely gets rewarded with a call. Yeah. Like It's not always. I, I do not think Olivia gets a fair whistle. She doesn't. I and really don't think she does. A, she rarely gets rewarded with a call. Sometimes it's not a foul, but sometimes it's really a foul. Yeah. And she never, ever gets rewarded with a call. I don't know if the referees don't like her. They have bias. <laughs> I don't want to feed that storyline. Um but I'm sure she thinks that. <laughs> I think there are there are a lot of players who, because of the way they play and the size in which they're playing with, naturally 
don't get officiated very well. Yeah. And Olivia, Olivia is not the tallest one out there, but Olivia is strong. I mean, she's big. Uh, and so she's naturally going to play a physical brand of, of basketball. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked about before that women's hoops officiating and physicality are still not on the same page. They still call way too many fouls, in my opinion, that they should not call, that it's just, it's physical basketball and it's fine. Just because it looks physical does not mean it is a foul. And and that's a, I think Olivia is a poster child for the problem there in women's hoops. Like, so, no, I I absolutely think she does not get the better end of of a lot of whistles. And hell, if that could even just flip a little bit, I, I think it would probably help her out because like, you could see her get frustrated sometimes yeah. and I absolutely think that plays into it well in addition like with a couple other things last night backcourt play was really strong especially Haley yeah. and, and, and Mikasa Mikasa being the, the primary ball handler has been Jeff's best coaching maneuver this year no, uh, pushing her made, to, no question. to a full time point guard really and I mean last night 12 points which is a career high I'm pretty sure I, I as somebody who has it been is, a Mikasa Robinson yep. fan for f- five plus years. Um, she has had like a limit of 10 points. She has hit yeah. 10 points, I think, like six times or seven times in her career. Last night she broke through, had 12 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, and obviously her normal dogged defensive self. So yeah. she's, she's kind of that X factor for me where no team wants to see her. No, she she's can single handedly. She can single handedly change the the tone of a game. Yeah, and I think really annoy other teams and bring her own team's intensity up. And when you have a Haley Van Lith from last night who was very within herself, I think she had three turn- turnovers, but overall took good shots, hit them, played in pretty good defense, and was just engaged in the game the entire time. Even when they had a couple of turnovers in a row as a team and. Uh, Miami started kind of clawing back into the game. Yeah, um, they put a whole, they, you know, they put their, sta- their their foot down and kind of changed changed the tone of the game. Got that lead back and ran away with the game. So it was it was good to see that effort, um, especially when it got dicey there, which it has so many times this year. Um, and they were able to kind of turn that tide and, and finish the game and win by 14, 12, well, 14. Two, two things off of those two players, like. Mikasa does not need her flowers, I think, from the Louisville fan base because Louisville's appreciated Mikasa Robinson for from the moment she for hit a the long, court. long time, yeah. and she continues to. It's her senior day on Sunday, by the way. So yeah, oh, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to yeah, be emotional. She's going to get quite, right quite the ovation for that. Yeah. She deserves it. Um, but I think she she keeps replacing like what was her best game. Yeah, like every game she's playing, you can now point to and be like, "Wow, I think this is the best, like the most impact she's had." But that, I don't really think that's necessarily for the Louisville fans. I think you watch nationally, people taking note of the impact she has on this team and how good of a player she actually is. And I think that's really cool yeah. for her, like that the ESPN broadcast is now openly talking about how important Mikasa Robinson is, not even just as a defender, but just as a passer and a high IQ player. And that's exactly what this team needed this year with the turnover issues. It it still struggles with uh, Mm. at times Uh, the consistency on defense. You feel a lot better about how they're going to defend when Mikasa is leading the way out there. And something I asked Jeff about the other day and something I'm noticing a lot is like, Louisville really wants her to win Defensive Player of the Year. Like Jeff nominated her for it. Her, or Lamont Jeff, Russell, yeah. uh, video coordinator, is putting out threads of clips mm-hmm. of it. And, and Mikasa, I think she's the last person who really cares about individual accolades or things of that nature. And 
you can tell that means a little bit more to her this year that I think she is taking that a little bit more personally. Uh, and look, she deserves to. She, she absolutely deserves some sort of individual recognition or accolade like that and, and to really push for it uh, because players of her size and her position have a rough time winning defensive yeah. player of the year. Um, she's 5'7". I mean, she's, yeah, a, she's, she's not a, big by any means. Which is, I mean, it's not small for a for a women's uh, guard it's really not but it's not big but you know, it's, it's, it's not big enough to guard all of the positions that, that she does she's yeah, she plays so much bigger she's guard. yeah the way i always say it didn't mean to cut you off man the no, way the way i always put it with uh, like the transition of size between the women women's and men's game is it's roughly like the equivalent of like a 5-7 player in the women's game it's roughly 6 inches taller in the men's game so like a 5-7 guard in the women's game is 6-1 that's basically about right. You know, yeah, a five yeah. ten player is six four. You know, a six six player is seven foot. That's roughly the the translation yeah, if you yeah, want yeah. if you want to look at it that way from like size comparisons in the individual games. So Haley and, and Mikasa are both five seven, they're about they would be like six one backcourt. And know, I six think one, six one. Transitioning to Haley, the, the most encouraging thing I think you could say about Haley in the past four games is that the three balls starting to fall. Like she was five for six against Clemson from deep, three for four at Notre Dame from deep, two for seven she at really Boston College. Before that. Yeah, but four of nine last night, mm-hmm. and so I think the confidence is is that, well, she, it's always there for her. She's yeah. going to shoot. She's a scorer, but the three point ball falling a little more frequently is a big development for her in this team moving into the postseason. She was only shooting like 28% of the season. Which is, I mean, Going into down. last year. It's down. Yeah, or going into last night. And that's with her recent yeah. resurgence. So it's good to see that ball go through the hoop for I, her. I don't see a scenario in which they make whatever we would characterize as a good run in the postseason without her scoring the ball at an efficient clip. Yeah, I agree. They need her getting into 20 to 25 range but while also not like pushing or forcing it like you or i have have seen yeah this season which i think she's done a good job settling into that last uh yeah last stretch games, games. even I, I gave the three-point percentage but from the field clemson she was six of 12 eight of 16 against notre dame six of 17 at bc and then nine of 17 last night right it's pretty good the biggest the biggest question mark remains for this team I think for us at least and from like the perspective of what people finding their roles and everything is yeah. is the question of Morgan Jones and how yeah, she's been used. A question, yeah. And her minutes have gone down in the last month like kind of steadily. She played 9 or 8 minutes last night. It was not a lot. And she sat for long stretches but the team played well. So I can't really impeach it that much, but when she was in there I thought she played pretty well. Yeah. It's just kind of like I'm I'm still trying to get my mind around what we're doing, you know, with with some of those rotation spots at the three and four, and like yeah. kind of how it how it goes and how we're using. Like last night, made sense when Olivia was struggling and he pulled, and Nyla had a good, you know, good consistent night, and she made a couple of buckets, um, and she played more consistent minutes. But Morgan just feels like she's an asset that we just haven't quite maximized yet. I would agree with that. I think her value hasn't reached its full potential here. Uh, and I don't know quite what the adjustment or answer is yeah. to that because, A, I don't think you really want to tinker with the starting lineup right now because the record with this starting five is is good. Now, some of that I think you can dig into a little further. What's like, 
the subs have been kind of quick. In, yeah, in like some you're, you're starting Narika, but she'll come out. But within, she often will come out within a couple minutes. And, and you know. I thought Narika the other day was pretty interesting, talking about like adjusting to a starter's mentality yeah. and really uh, like she full on admitted that like, look, I'm paraphrasing here, but that she knows CC and Morgan like bring more to the table, probably skill wise than her. But what she brings is a, a better understanding or a better demonstration of that understanding of what Louisville is trying to do yeah. uh, as a whole. And that's very interesting to me because we again I referenced that ceiling and like if Louisville's gonna make a, a run then Haley's gonna be efficient. I also think if Louisville's gonna make a run then there should be more of an impact from a player like Morgan. Because CC I think has figured out like that seems to have gelled. Yeah. Now she's a spark plug. Uh, she you know she's gonna come in and score. She shoots the ball well. But for Morgan it's like it's figuring out someone with the skill set that she has which is a wide one she's athletic she's lengthy uh she can drive the lane well she can hit mid-range shots defender yeah do do you want her to take on more of a defensive personality or role or or how much score do you want i don't know that's a very delicate balance to try and strike and maybe that's what the struggle has been this year yeah because she was the leader at florida state like she was the 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 top option an all ACC player, and now you're be you're adjusting to not being, or you've been adjusting all season to not being the top dog, to mm-hmm. not to okay, I need you to fill this role and this role, and not focus as much on the other ones. But then some nights playing 30, 35 minutes, and other right. nights playing eight, yeah, sixteen. So, it's weird. Like the, the hook's been weird with her. It's the, a wild card, and the, and the matchup's been weird. And, and sometimes when it feels like she's playing well, maybe Jeff's seeing something that we're not that she's not doing and, yep. and and there's a hook and I just that's been the most interesting dynamic it's been weird and it hasn't necessarily been linear this year you know where you see somebody figure it out and the, the minutes grow with her it's been kind of like up and down and because up she, and down. she's the type who can win a, like literally win a game yeah for you she can come in and if she has a a game changing 10 to 15 minute stretch you'll point back at it and be like look that's that's why we won this game she played florida state like yeah. the game at florida state yeah, she, I mean, she, she won that game won it 100 so and the, the transition with cc early in the season i think that they were trying to make her the, the point guard and the primary ball handler and once they got off of that and mikasa kind of oh, became worked. the point guard and cc handles the ball a lot but she could play off the ball a lot and sort of find her shot more quickly and be a spot up shooter like it worked, worked. Uh, I lost the word I was going for, but it worked <laughs> tremendously. Yeah, I, I think overall, to to put a cap on it, they have depth. They have a variety of talent. Yeah. I think the it's been a process this year in trying to figure out who fits where. Yeah, it's like what shape fits fits which part of this. And puzzle each puzzle's here. different. Yeah, each yeah. game, and yeah. it's been a long process. But I, I truly think they are closer or at the answer now. And that's what you want to be like. It's it's February 24th. You don't want to have many questions or you want to limit the number of questions sure. you have. And I am more confident in them being closer to that answer now than they have been at really any other point this season. I agree. Uh, and that's a good place to be with a coach like Jeff and, and the talent that they have. A week before the ACC tournament. Yep. So we've got Notre Dame at home in the uh, KFC Yum Center. $5 tickets now, right? Right, yeah. At noon on Sunday, we've got Senior Day for Mikasa, 
Liz Dixon, Narika Kono, and the three transfers, uh, Morgan Jones, CC, and Josie Williams, who had a, just an absolute hibachi one-minute stretch last night. <laughs> where she hit a three and then she hit a bucket. She can hit those jumpers if you give her the space. She gives, you know? give her, she gives her like a minute and a half of play time. Well, she, she took that, too. Points. I mean, like, as soon as she caught it, it was It's like it was drawn off for her. It was yep. beautiful. But yep. I know that they've been working on that all, all season and wanting her to be confident taking yeah. that shot, and it, it looked good. But um, looking forward to seeing everybody. It should be a, a phenomenal atmosphere. Some of our best atmospheres ever at the KFC Yum Center have been Women's games against Notre Dame, women's games like this, senior night, last game of the year. So I expect like fifteen thousand people. And it's different because this is legitimately a real, more than likely a real senior day. Yeah, like you will not see this team at the UM Center again. All six of those players are moving on. Yeah, and you you're used to Louisville hosting. Yeah. And that's very likely not going to happen. There is an avenue. There I, is. I, I, there I maintain, is an avenue. Yes. I maintain that if they make that run, they, they could in the ACC, maybe get in there. Yes, that they could possibly grab that fourth of, seed. I think there's some work to do for that. There is a ton of work, but and it starts with winning the Notre Dame game yes. on Sunday. But it's it's you're Low used key, to they being have a, a much shot. more certain. Yes, like it's not a question of whether they're going to host. It's whether what seed yeah. they're going to get a one, two, or three. You know, right. but. They're going to have to win that ACC tournament to have a shot at hosting. So you're probably the odds are that you this is the last time you're going to see these players yeah. in this arena. So go out and see them. It's going to be emotional. Mikasa Robinson and my personal, but I know so much. I love Narika. Um, it's she, was, be a, she was so good uh, talking about her experiences the other day. This whole week, she like, was fantastic. And somebody texted in about Jeff Walls being on one on the mic last night. I think he's been awesome all week uh, when well, he was Jeff's talking just about... pretty good on the mic in general. He is. For the most part. But I don't some... have too many problems getting quotes from Jeff. No, he's been a quote machine since he got yeah, here. So as a members of the media, that. like it's nice. He's good for that. Yeah. Um, very candid. Like His stories about Narika. Oh, the FU hilarious. story cracked me up. Oh, and just for anybody great. that didn't hear it, he was talking about... <laughs> Narika, like they had a bite to eat, and she was in the car with him and his family. Shortly his wife. after she had come yeah, over and, and, to, and his, from Japan, exactly his two daughters, and she asked Coach, "What is Fu Friday?" <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't say Fu. She said the yeah, whole she, word. She went with it, and Jeff and his wife uh, just cracked up. Yeah, they were basically like, "I don't know if you. We're not gonna explain that to you. You might need to ask your teammates about that." But uh, that's just she's an incredibly charming person, very hard worker, and been a joy to be around this program. So I hope that her and Mikasa and everybody else get an awesome send off and a great last run. And, and I think, folks, if if you question if your support matters to them, that was the first thing Morgan Jones, CC Carr, and Josie Williams all talked about. Yeah, as like the what they really think back to about transferring to louisville this year which look everybody it's out in the open this has been up and down i, I this is it's been a challenging year yeah, I think, it hasn't been seamless for all of no them it here. hasn't been but all of them immediately were like playing in the um center is the best thing that you know it's all we hope for and, and more basically like the support yeah. that we consistently get the crowds we get uh, especially for someone like josie who was mentioning you know utah valley, utah state, valley like, state you play yeah. in the whack and, and the gyms are just not the, the you might get a couple hundred people there. The attendance sometimes. is not yeah. there, um, but I think it is something that that sends a message to, to players for how they're appreciated. And I think it's cool for someone like Narika because you come. Obviously, Jeff's touched on this many times, but you don't have to just adjust to the team and how they want to play and all that. You are literally trying to adapt to a brand new culture and a brand new country, and throw in COVID with that for her 
where you can't travel back home a couple years ago and so you might feel a little more isolated and such she's had a very unique experience here so it's cool to see her become like a fan favorite and the the love kind of be reciprocated both ways for someone who's had to make that big of an adjustment. And she takes 19 hours a semester. You know, like that's what she was doing yeah. this year, this semester, like the fall semester. There's a reason why. And Jeff was candid about earlier this year. Like, look, there's, she's got a lot going on in her life. Yeah. She takes a massive academic load. Um, and he joked Some about nights, that the other day. Too. Yeah, he said she's the kid that I hated because right, I heard him. Yeah, she'll be so mad at herself that like, <laughs> like I failed that test and she got a B plus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Jeff was like, "Look, like, I was no, the guy who I failed." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "When I say I failed the test, yeah. I got a 63. I thought that was great. Yeah, he's like, "You're the one ruining the curve for us yeah. and saying you did so terrible." And we all knew people like that, overachievers. But she took all those hours this semester, you know, and, and or last semester, and and. There were t- nights where basically he talked about it. Say so he'd go up to her and say, "Can you, can you go tonight?" And she's just like, "I just really, my my head's not in it." You know, can I give I, you a little secret on what's me. That? I am Nariko Kono when it came to <laughs> academics. Like I was the kid who humble brag. I was the kid who not from like oh I got good grade standpoint, but I absolutely was the kid who like felt like he failed something. And, Everything, and, and, but then you my ended friends, up being my fine. friends couldn't stand me for it. Yeah, they really couldn't. <laughs> like my friends hate me. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. Tyler. <laughs> Let me they tell really you about the definition of friends. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it, you could tell like the second half of the year after, I guess the, really the end of the semester and after winter break, like she has been far more involved. Yeah, she um, has. She's played every game instead of you know maybe not seeing the court, you know. And it's been different levels of minutes, but she's been she's been available. You'll agree with me on this. You can tell what kind of game feels right for her. Like I think if it's a physical, athletic game. That's where you need more of, of Morgan and, and CC and such. But if, but if it's a game where they're given a little too much space to some shooters, there's little pockets yeah. in there that you can that you can hit a corner three or a wing three or drive and get a she mid-range. She plays an international game, man. She will tear you up. That's where I think she can really hurt people. You can't give her space. Yeah. You so, can't. So you have like a, a variety of ways to attack, yeah. I think, going forward. Um it's just such an intriguing team to me this year because I agree. they they and Jeff says this all the time, but like you'll see the play for stretches where it's like that's the top ten team that we all thought coming in. Then you'll have a stretch and Jeff alluded to this the other day where it's like five turnovers in a couple minutes and it's like what like you is, don't even look like what a, is going a on? competent team but for stretches. Yeah, my overall argument is those stretches are becoming less frequent. I agree. I don't think they're having as many lapses as they did. Maybe that that leads to a loss like Wake Forest or, or even some of the ones early in the season. They look, they're just not the the Louisville that has the one or two seed attached to their name or ACC champion. They actually could still win a share of the ACC, I think, if it all broke right. But it, it's just a different level. I, I say this about Jeff in this program a lot this season. I think they are. I hate to say the word victim, but they're a victim of their own success in a way like they're being measured against standards that they have achieved throughout Jeff's 16 years here so that's why some people are like oh you know Louisville is a, Louisville's not I, I not down they're just not the the top seeded team you've come to be used to over but the this years. is it's it's okay like if this is our down year 
Well, yeah, that's that's the bright We're side. Top of it. four it's seed like, in the ACC. I mean, they've won a lot of games, and there's for, a lot going on still. Like there, we it's it's, and I, I keep reminding people, like, look that. Shoney Schimmel's 2013 team had double-digit losses, were a five-seed yep. in the tournament, and pulled off the greatest upset in women's basketball history and made the championship game. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's not that cut and dry. Uh, We've and got the pieces, we just need to put it together here. And I and I do not think the higher-seeded teams in this tournament coming up want to be on the other end they of don't. that. I, I truly don't because especially it, one of those new money in my humble <laughs> humble opinion when I look at the the rankings as they stand right now like obviously South Carolina is a behemoth nobody wants any part of that team they are the clear favorite I to will, win it all I will bet any even though they went to overtime with Ole Miss last week I will bet any amount of money you want to bet that they win the national title right now they are that good <laughs> whatever I, you want to whatever money say, you want to put on it I, I love this Indiana team and what do too. they do yeah uh, I think they pass better than anybody in the country. I think Mackenzie Holmes is somehow underrated for the production she puts up in a given game. Grace Berger, obviously a local kid from Sacred Heart, does it all as a defender. and a, She's a great player. Uh, those two have separated themselves, absolutely. And th- that top four is, is fair with South Carolina, Indiana, Stanford, Stanford and UConn. Yeah. Like those four separate themselves. But once you... I think once you get past that, there's some openings to make run yeah like I, i've seen i know lsu's good this year but it's still the first year under mulkey in which they've achieved like this level of success angel uh, reese is really good iowa very good team with everybody Caitlin knows Clark Caitlin Clark Clark is, yeah. but uh, i think once you get that I, I the only teams that i i look at here and i i say i wouldn't really feel too hot about louisville's chances against this team like I, the South Carolina's obviously one that's going to stand out. Uh, Indiana would be an, I think, would be an interesting game, but I still would give a big edge to Indiana because they just have a better. They've been clicking all season. Like they, they have. I think like, they're clear number two. Like you like said, they, I think they, they're right. There. They just have a full understanding of what everybody is supposed to be doing at all times, and they have a great chemistry. Once you get outside that top four, though, I think that's where Louisville can feel better about how. It could match up and, and make a run when that time comes, but you know as well as anybody the the draw you get. It's so important, it's especially with this team. The matchups are going to be massive. like who who is your number one yeah. in your region, and if you can improve your seeding to get off some of those uh, less advantageous lines, like you don't want to be an eight or a nine because yeah. you play a one in the second round. Yeah, no, it was you it was huge no for us that. to get off that eight nine line. Yeah, um, which I think they solidly are right now, and if they win against Notre Dame, there's no danger of them falling back sure. down. Uh, I think they're a six seven seed right now and probably solidly solidly so, but you wanna win a couple of games down down in the ACC tournament and just solidify yourself, make sure you're not playing sure. a one seed at their place in the first weekend. I don't think there's a lot to lose on Sunday. No, I think there's no, no, no. there's a great deal to gain, but even losing to Notre Dame again in another like good game, I don't think it's going to change anybody's view. No, not at uh, all of this team seating wise. Uh, you want to do them is avoid, is avoid. You know, it might affect them in that way. Yeah. Like how many buys are we going to get in the ACC tournament? Uh, but from so an I think overall, Florida State plays Virginia or somebody on Sunday. Somebody yeah. they should beat. So yeah, it's. But I, I would feel like if you were a Louisville fan and you're feeling pretty good about this team's prospects right now, or feel like they're close, I I, I don't think you're drinking Kool-Aid. I don't think you're doing it. I think it lines up. No, they're right, right there and in the, in the results bear that out, I think. Let's go ahead and take our first break. Um, on the other side, we'll get into men's basketball a little bit. And then there's some other stories I think we want to 
get into the athletic article on Russell Wilson was um, interesting. I think that's a fair word. Enlightening a little bit, maybe, but not necessarily surprising. Uh, this is The Drive. I'm Dave Skull. That's Tyler Griever. We'll see you on the other side. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, Come on, muscle through it. But then also say, Hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive. I'm Dave Skull, joined by my buddy Tyler Griever, who was not in the liner, and it made me sad because I really like hearing them say, and Tyler Griever. They say my name with more gusto than I say my own name. It's terrifying. Yeah, well, also, I think, feel like it'd be kind of weird if I introduced myself that way. To no, people. you should. No, I, I really should not. <laughs> hey, I'm Dave Skull. Hi, I'm Tyler Griever. Right here, every single time, just bash him <laughs> over the head with it. Would feel a little off-putting. It's like, dude, why are you being so aggressive? What are you <laughs> I'm Tyler on? Griever. Okay, nice to meet you, too. Wow. <laughs> Anyone fifty ninety three nine. If you want to get in here, now's the time. Thirty eight thirty one ninety three nine. UPS jobs text line. Men's basketball. Tyler, we've got a big game tomorrow. Well, big game for us. Everything's a. I don't know. It's all relative. We've got a really the smallest game possible in the ACC. Great tomorrow. sell. <laughs> really good sell. We have a winnable game. Yeah. How about that? How about that? The five-win threshold in, right. in play. Against Georgia Tech tomorrow. On the road in Atlanta. The fighting Josh Passners. Let me give you a rundown. Because it's honestly, Georgia Tech's played better overall since they lost to Louisville. I'll give you a rundown of what they've they've done since. They lost at NC State, I think, by about seven. Beat Notre Dame. Lost to Wake by a point. Beat Virginia Tech. Beat Florida Tech, which I just don't think is an actual school. I think they just made that up. And they lost to Pitt. So they've racked up a couple of victories since beating Louisville. Or since losing to Louisville, I should say. I don't know what to really make of of Georgia Tech. They're not good. When they played against us, I haven't watched any of the games since we beat them. Okay, since Louisville beat them. I When we played them, it was really nice. It was kind of... Uh, uh, I don't know how to put this. A little amazing to watch a team that I felt like was doing like worse things than Louisville or what? You know what I mean? Like I saw a lot of standing yep. around and watching, yep. and a lot of some That's of the fair. sins that 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 Louisville commits, but also like different ones. And I was like, man, this Georgia Tech team just isn't good. We were legitimately better than them on the court 
in Louisville, and I think that Louisville should view this as a winnable game tomorrow. I think you should view it as a winnable game, and I'll, I'll actually take this a, maybe a step further. I think fans would be pretty disappointed with a loss because we have been able to see like tangible progress over this last stretch of games. Uh, there was only one win to show for it with Clemson, but I think you could still make the argument that against Miami, Virginia, and Duke, three, two of them the best in the conference, and then a tournament team in UVA, and then kind of a bubble team in, in Clemson, the team you did beat, Louisville has looked much better or looks like a team with a grasp of of something, which they did not for a majority of this year and more importantly a team that is fighting and showing effort and we openly wondered for a bit if they had quit especially when they last lost to Pitt. oh absolutely and that, that was, was a that fair was a tough consideration yeah. very fair consideration and like the notre dame game like there were some really tough moments yeah, in they, january they've had and early some february. very bad moments but so i think coming out and losing to georgia tech well i don't think this team has by any means uh earned the oh we should expect to yeah, win no, no we're not status. saying that yeah i do think people would be disappointed with a loss because this is a team you've already beaten and you've shown some improvement yeah lately so i would understand that well i the way innis and i have uh turned your computer yeah that's sorry allowed, about that no, there. no worries uh the the Miami, Virginia, Clemson, Duke stretch was the toughest four game stretch of the season, and yep. I think they acquitted themselves pretty well. Against and you that learned stretch, considering... more about them in that stretch yeah. than I think any other stretch this year. Agreed, and like we've we've kind of struggled with how to talk about this, yeah, because the season's abysmal. Well, it's awful. Yeah, <laughs> there's no the, getting around that. One. The starting point is so low, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't have been at the beginning of the year like that we've we, these are all accepted things for me you can disagree if you want to uh, out there in the listening world but they shouldn't have never been as bad as they were at the beginning of the year they, no, of they, not. Yep. the talent isn't good enough but it's better than the reflection on the court and just there was a lot of failures there so anything that you look at and say it's progress it's not the starting point was so low that you have to be measured when you talk about it but there's progress like from the beginning of February on, you isolate that. Mark and I talked about the other day, like they're 80th in offense instead of not good, but not atrocious. Right. And they're 181st, I think, overall in the in the in the SAG or something from the beginning of February. Um, again, not good, but if they were 181st for the entire season, they probably have like 12 or 13 wins. You know what I mean? They'd be somewhere around there. They would have taken care of the bunnies. They should have taken care of in the off season or sorry the early season all that stuff but looking at it right now i think that most people look at the georgia tech game you should win that you should win the georgia tech game the virginia tech game is gettable uh, and then on the road of virginia is probably after pushed him at home probably a tough ask virginia's the best team in the well, conference. let's make sure the balls are inflated <laughs> that's right for that one even by the end of the uh, first half yeah let's know. let's just make sure that's taken keep double checking it, it. yes <laughs> Triple check. Triple double check the triple check. Yeah. Do that. No, I, I totally agree. And Mark and I talked about yesterday yeah. how the where they are lacking, I would say the most right now is is on the defensive end of the floor. Like they have not they, a question. Yeah. Like it's it's been bad all year, but it's something that I think is is really noticeable, like when you go back to the Duke game and 
just some of the dunks and layups that that get allowed. And I, I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again. They need more in the front court. There has to be more of a contribution somewhere. And, and what hangs over that is, like, is Emmanuel Corfor healthy enough to play the last three games? And if he is healthy enough to play, then I think he should play a lot. Play a lot. Take the bumps. Take the bruises. Um, the first time around, Kenny didn't want to play him against UVA because he said that that – think it would have been a tough adjustment for him with how uva plays or whatever but this time around if he's healthy enough to play against him in charlottesville there's no harm in in playing him i think it's a tough adjustment for everybody playing uva watching uva yeah doing anything with uva basketball right. if you're not used to it like if he's learning international rules international style of play you know playing in nba africa whatever he's doing there has nothing almost no other styles of basketball have anything to do with the University of Virginia and what right. Tony Bennett does exactly. <laughs> on a game-to-game basis. So I understand that sentiment. Yeah, and I think Kenny has mentioned before that he really wants to see how Brandon Hundley-Hatfield and Emmanuel played together. Yeah. And I liked what some of, not to cut you off, I liked some of Brandon's comments today and like sort yeah. of him talking about observing, you know, during his injury time, observing kind of what he should be bringing to the table and what this team needs from him. Yeah. It's nice to hear, at least having some kind of a thoughtful – uh, approach to the game. I think the, this team all year has needed bigs who want to be physical and really do some dirty work, like just constantly missing from Sydney Curry, constantly man. physical on the block, not getting beat on the backboard. Mm. But if you want to see Emmanuel and Brandon play together, I'll take that a step further. Start them yeah, together. Why not? Like I'll tell you why not because five fouls between them in five yeah, minutes. But, but yeah, but, but just as a, <laughs> as a start to the game, see how it goes. Yeah. Well, you know, if it doesn't work out for a couple minutes, make your subs and fine. But we literally have nothing to lose. There is nothing to lose. <laughs> there just isn't, you know. And you can see what you've got from that. And and maybe like this, I we've this has been our tone all year since basically they were one and nine. Yeah. And then like the next, you know, or zero oh and nine. Then the next uh, whatever mile when we were like 2-18 and 18, whatever it was like once it was clear that the season was gone and there was nothing really to play for this year and the best way you really should just be kind of trying to glean and squeeze whatever you can get yeah. out of this season what from development uh, and anything else that or, you can uh, get out of this I'll and, make I'll make a small change to what I just said I understand starting JJ because JJ's earned it Oh, JJ, yeah. He he has earned that consideration, even though I agree with Kenny in that he could be better as a rebounder and probably defensively sometimes. Like he is scoring the ball well. But he's he's really figured out how to be an offensive weapon. He he he's using his length and his athleticism to his advantage. The only guy that consistently dunks the ball, man. He he shows flashes of it on defense. Uh, I mean against Clemson, he blocked quite a few shots. He's done it multiple times. Yeah. Uh, so if it's something where you want to start JJ and keep Emmanuel on the bench. Well, I think in that scenario, Emmanuel should be the first off the bench to come in and spell JJ or Brandon or, or whatever there. Um, it, it sounds like, again, all of this adds up to, to being kind of harsh on Sid, but I just don't think Sid's given them anything. I just, this year. like, I'm, you I kind of just have to call it for what it is. You have to at this point. Like, there's no. And, it's and not actually, being, oh. really, we're past the point. We're so past the point of that. Tyler, it's not even being mean. No, it's, it's not. Just, I'm not going to be extra. You know, I'm not going to no, no say anything that. personal, and nobody else really should. Like, it's, it's just a question. It's like, look, it's clearly this, there's a disconnect. Maybe something happened in his personal life, but I don't want to speculate. There's just something 
to where he is not the intense player he was at the end of last year. He didn't have any growth in the offseason. In fact, he, he regressed. And it's just not working. Well, and the minutes are ticking down, too, over the past. Well, they should. Like, it over was, the it past, was, like, five games, 16 minutes, 10, 13, 15, 8 one of the Duke. One of the most egregious things this year, and one of the things that made most of us kind of pull our hair out and mark pat his bald head. I don't know what you do when you don't have – I don't know what you do when you don't have hair wow. about pulling your hair out. Um <laughs> I don't know what's what's the equivalent. Yeah, I don't know, um, but <laughs> don't make, know I'm the worst person to ask that. Actually. We make bald jokes on this on this show. It's what we do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like for the longest time, for the first couple months of the season, it's like where is the hook? Where is the repercussions? Like where's the accountability? When Sid Curry is just a zero on not both giving, sides of the court, not giving you anything, yeah, and a negative really because he's turning the ball over and he's every time he gets it looks like it's he's got rocks for hands, not rebounding, not rebounding. Like what's he bringing to the table and why? What is your reasoning for keeping him out there? I don't care if there's not great options behind him. Play whoever instead of the guy who's and he was a captain still after showing up out of shape. Like all these things that we've talked about. They were so egregious. I think that that's been the biggest mark. Kenny Payne's been inconsistent with his handling of players this year. The most inconsistent, the one that's left most people scratching their head, is the handling of Sidney Curry from the summer yeah. to now. Like, Because in the summer, when he was here, before he went home, he looked in great shape. Left, came back out of shape. He was still a captain. They didn't strip that. You didn't have any kind of standards for him to get back on the court physically. Like All you have to do is say, look, here's your body fat percentage that you have to get to before you get on the court. Rick used to do that all the time, and I'm not trying to compare Kenny to Rick. All coaches do stuff like that. You got to lose 20 pounds before you get on the court. I'm taking a C off your chest, even though it's not actually on the jersey. I'm taking the captaincy from you until you can meet until you can meet the standards to get on the court because you're no use to me from the sideline. It's alarming. I never would have believed by the end of the season that we would be saying Sidney Curry has four scoreless games on the record this year. How many double digit games? Double digit scoring. Mm Hmm. I've got from six. Six. He's got six double-digit scoring games this year? Yep. Man, that's uh, more than I thought, honestly. Ten versus Western, 13 versus – Florida A&M was his best game, 13 points, 19 rebounds. I remember that. Uh, 12 against Lipscomb, and NC State he had 16, so he actually had four straight games at double digits. Wow. Uh, I remember us talking about Sidney coming yeah, out of his funk at that point. he was kind of getting point. in there, yeah. At Clemson, 10 points. At Boston College, 10 points. So There you go. And I, but honestly – I think he had six down the stretch last year, like in the last three weeks of the season. There, he only has one – double-digit rebounding performance this year that was that, that right 19 rebound yep. game one and that's that to me is is actually more of the problem i agree than the scoring like the scoring like you have l who i think has proven he's one of the better scorers in the conference yeah uh you have mike james who has proven to be a nice scoring option kamari lance has found a groove Jalen withers out of we've been hard on the captains this year, but at least Jalen has found something he does well, and, and he's, he's edited the rest the, of his game down the stretch. Yeah, he, he shot the ball very well from beyond the arc. He's this second year. in the conference in three point shooting. Like he took a drastic step forward yeah. there, and I think I would make an argument that there's better effort 
overall from Jalen on, on defense and on the boards. But the problem is with Sid is like there's nothing to to work with there to say like okay there's a step forward here or there's a light turning on. Yeah. So that's where the adjustment comes, and I think Kenny has seen that. And so I, I'm interested to see if Emmanuel plays because we know he hasn't the past two games because of the ankle. Uh, there's a lot to gain from seeing him in these next three games, especially if if you're taking the minutes away there. How many can you really give Emmanuel to get a better look at him over these next three? And I think they're pretty important for Brandon from the standpoint of like Brandon's had the acclimation period of getting back from injury and figuring things yeah. out. Um, can he show you something in these next three to to say that's a sign of progress going into next year? Like there's something we can work with there because he'll show you some flashes here and there, but I think there's also some consistency that that is questionable uh, at times from him. So uh, as I said with Mark yesterday, the the biggest goal you have over these next three games and whatever comes out of the ACC tournament, it's like who can we get the longest looks at who actually has a shot at being on this roster next year? Yeah, That's the biggest thing you can get. I don't think you're served at all by playing Sidney Curry. I really don't. It's it's a tough arrival to, to get to because it is a captain and it's somebody you you had some high hopes for coming yeah. this year but frankly speaking we moved past this point i think weeks long, ago a yeah. long time ago but at this point like we, this is the end of your evaluation period oh yeah and it's, it's done. such a pivotal like this is this is kenny's career because yeah. he has to hit us just a grand slam yeah, he's got a, He's really got a bat well in the portal. Yeah, uh, you know, and that, that's where yeah, but, I think, which means you have to trim all the fat off the roster, though. To, to stick with some current events here as well, you know, Kermit Davis gets fired at Ole Miss yeah. uh, today, and you see a top lot, five all-time coaches' names. Like, so that's a roster that's going to get turned over. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's happened at New Mexico? That roster <laughs> is getting turned over. Uh, really, at Texas, I, they've still had a good year, but I'm interested to see what happens to them in the Who stays, who they hire, who, who stays, stays, and who goes. Who's leaving because so, Beard's gone. I think you have to give the portal some time. Like I don't, The portal and the coaching carousel are like... Oh, they, they can be related. It, it, well, actually, I think they're directly related in some ways because uh, I'll speak from the Mizzou standpoint for a second. Dennis Gates brought multiple players from Cleveland State yeah. to Mizzou, and that's part of the reason why I think they've had some success this year. Um, but they coincide with the coaching changes. Players become available once their commitments look like they're not adding up. Uh, and there's no question that, that Kenny and the staff have to really hit it hard and get impact guys. Not like oh, this guy will be a nice like piece. Like, No, you need legit... You need dudes. Oh, the transfer portal has to be a couple of really high-end impact guys, and everybody has to be an impact guy. But, like, Frank, they don't all have to be top 10 guys, but everybody has to be a contributor from day one, not just a contributor, like a big-time contributor, especially since you don't have the top-end freshmen coming in. This is... The, yeah. Whoever you bring in the transfer portal is going to lift most of the weight for you. And I don't think there's a high chance of this, but if there's any chance at all that L can be convinced right. I to come back for an extra year, I, I do not see it happening. I don't. No. Uh, he's put up some great numbers and shown enough of what he can be as a scorer at the next level. Uh, I don't know if you could sell him on that at all, but if you could sell getting him back and then getting an actual true point guard, yeah. that would be a huge boost. That would be the biggest coup for, for sure. But uh, I, again, I don't see that as being very likely yeah. to, to happen. That's no, just I've written L off. Just in, in an ideal, like if Kenny Payne had to make a list of like 
I would feel this much better about next season. Yeah, that would be the number one thing if he could pull it off. Yeah, I agree, but I just I feel like Els. Yeah, I feel like I, I do. Decision, I but, do as well. Yeah, you know, stranger things have happened. All right, that's Tyler. Tyler Griever. I'm Dave Skull. This is the drive. We'll see you on the other side. We'll try to pick up that conversation. better work environment we can help call kelly jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today score a better job with us call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com that's kellyjobs.com tired of jumping from job to job how about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers.